Tab Breakfast Show. All sports, all angles, all the news. Well, we always look forward to catching up with Timmy Hodges for his wrap on AFL. Plenty to talk about from the weekend. His Collingwood Magpies were so brave going down to Geelong by a goal and plenty to look forward to this week. And he joins us now on the line. Good morning, Timmy. G'day, boys. Uh, nice to be with you. It was um, what a weekend of finals footy. Just about the best elimination final I've ever seen last Thursday night. Just about the best qualifying final I've ever seen Saturday at the MCG. And, and then Friday and Saturday nights were, were absolutely spectacular as well. So, you know, we were blessed with a, a ridiculously good weekend of finals footy. That Collingwood Geelong match, that was something else. And, uh, you know, people still can't believe that we've got 91,500 people to it. But it was edge of the seat stuff. And how often have we seen Collingwood do that this season? They got off to a flyer as well, but it was just kick goal for goal, basically, for the rest of the game. Yeah, all, all weekend, the, the, um, it, it was such open play. And, um, yeah, in the end, Collingwood will be kicking themselves. They're the team that, you know, have made such a great history this year of winning the close games. They got themselves in a position where they looked to be the dominant team over the minor premiers. And they were the ones who coughed it up and, and let Geelong kick the, the late goals to pinch it. So, yeah, they'll be kicking themselves, but they don't have time to kick themselves because all of a sudden the, the countdown is on to Saturday night, a cutthroat semi-final with the Dockers coming to town. And Fremantle will take unbelievable belief from what they were able to achieve. To you know, Every game was... It's like a you could write a book on every one of the games across the weekend. It was ridiculous. Um, you know, for the Dockers to be 41 points down, I'd given them up. And the only ones who didn't give them up were themselves. And this, those three goals before half time was so enormous for them to, to get that belief. And then they run over the top of the dog. So, yeah, every single game was a, was a fabulous storyline. Timmy, a lot's been made about Craig McRae's post game comments about his players that were some of them were lying on the ground afterwards he told them to get up that uh, losers lie on the ground you can do that if you do lose a grand final but we've got a game next week I understand what he was trying to say there but it seems as though he's copped a lot of an awful lot of flack there in Melbourne uh yeah a little bit but I I sort of like the fact that it's it's the in the mental space now is like get up you're not losers because we can't afford to be losers or thinking about losers because we've got to win next week. So I sort of like the fact that he, he moved their mindset immediately from actually the Geelong game straight into next week. And he then, he, I mean, he didn't need to do that publicly, but I like the fact that he did it publicly straight away as well. So, you know, he would have told them in the rooms and given them a bake about laying down on the ground afterwards. And fair enough. I was, I was sitting on the boundary for that game guys. And that's, the ferocious nature of the running up and back all day, um, it, they would have been absolutely knackered. Literally, I mean, people were talking about, oh, they're laying on the ground cause, because they're devastated. I think they were laying on the ground because they were stuffed. Like, that's sort of half the point for me. But he moved the mindset immediately for the team and the club and almost the supporter base because, you know, the press, post-match press conferences, you're actually talking to the supporters as much as anyone. So, yeah, I sort of like the fact that he shifted the entire club's mindset to next week. We've got a game to win, guys. We can't be thinking about losing. We're, we're thinking about winning next week. So I, I sort of I admire what he did. He's been terrific in the media all year, Craig McRae. And uh, for mine, I, I don't think that changed post-match on Saturday. 
The strange thing for me, Timmy, was the four matches for the weekend. Well, we all know the talk around what happened last Thursday night. Uh, then that Collingwood uh, Geelong game, many are saying probably one of the greatest finals of all time. Fremantle's comeback, but the one that's sort of gone relatively unnoticed is the Swans win again. Yep, yep, and they've put themselves like it's a rails run for them now to grand final day. They get a home prelim final in a couple of weeks, um, and, and they advance through. And I was just talking about this yesterday. Like they advance through, beat Melbourne, the defending premiers, and they didn't particularly play very well. Like Buddy Franklin, I don't think has had a worse game in a couple of years. Isaac Heaney, their, their bright young forward, was unsighted. Uh, Chad Warner, you know, one of their surprise packets this year, barely touched the ball. Like, they had so many players off, and yet they were still able to take the take on the, the Demons and beat them. You, you look at the two best players on the ground, clearly Stephen May for the job he did on Buddy Franklin and Clayton Oliver in the middle, over 40 possessions. Like, they were the two best players clearly on the ground, and yet the Demons lost the game. So that's what... Um, that, that would be... But John Longmire would be sort of giggling when he watches that, that game back on replay to think how many things he can get better, how many blokes he can actually poke to say that that qualifying final was performance was dreadful and you're damn lucky we got over the line. So he's got all these levers to pull. They're, they're in a fantastic position, Sydney. And you know how dominant they are at the SCG. So, yeah, good luck stopping them getting to, to grand final day. That, that's the importance of what happened to them on Friday night, and now the Demons go back in the lottery, the semi-final cutthroat. Um, they have Brisbane at the MCG, and, and the Lions, you know, all of a sudden their tails are up after after what they were able to, to achieve against the odds on Thursday night. Well, Timmy, uh, we know Oscar McInerney won't play for the Lions this week, but from all the other teams that will be going round, Melbourne, Lions, Collingwood and Frio, are there any major injury concerns heading into the weekend? Oh, obviously the... The heartbreak one is for, for Collingwood and Taylor Adams, um, the vice-captain, who is a real barometer for that football club. Um, did his quad in in round 19 against Port Adelaide. Um, fought to get back um, uh, for, for a final series. Um, so not against the odds. Like It was always targeted that the first week of finals to try and have him back. He played a fantastic game, a Herculean game on his return. Like th- That was his sort of stage that you know, put your head over the ball. Um, the brutal, ferocious finals football is Taylor Adams to a T. And he was one of Collingwood's probably best two or three players for the first three terms. And then early on in that last quarter, tore the entire groin off the bone, which you saw the, uh, like he couldn't have been stretched further. And then he tried to kick the, you know, what out of the ball. So like he stretched the groin to the point where it tore straight off. Uh, I, I'm, that I'm sounds positive. horrendous. Yeah, I'm positive it clearly wasn't right for, for it to go like that, but he did stretch it as probably as far as you probably could. So I think he was shattered firstly because I I can't imagine the pain of that happening would have been. But but then by the time he got to the bench, the reality had sunk in. And um, and as I said, I was, it, like you could see him sobbing uncontrollably because he knew the opportunity that was gone. Like, that's his season done. That's probably a large chunk of his pre-season and his off-season will now be spent on this, but, but just the opportunity lost for him that he won't be there for a semi-final. You know, if things go well for Collingwood, he won't be there for whatever is to come after that. So that's, I think, the biggest um, loss at selection this Thursday will be at the Magpies and will be for Taylor Adams, which is a huge blow for them going forward. 
What about Nat Fife? Does he get back into the two? Do they bring him back? He's obviously been their best player for many, many years. Does he get into the Frio side? Well, I mean, a hamstring has always been 21 days. I'm not sure in the last month it's been that, oh, maybe a hamstring can get back next week. It's like, I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, a hamstring is a hamstring, and he had a setback on his hamstring. So I, I would be, with, with the, his history, it would be almost impossible for him to be back. And for them, for the club to actually take a punt in a cutthroat final, um, I can't see it happening. I, I would sort of love the fact that I would love him to be able to get out there, but I, I just I think it would have to be a prelim final. The Dockers would have to make it through this week against Collingwood to, to give themselves to give Fife, their biggest star, their captain, a, a chance to play finals football. But um, yeah, that's where I sit. I, I mean, unless the Doctors can work wonders, but I, I just don't think that can happen. And have you heard any updates on Christian Petrarca and, and how he's tracking along? I was actually, um, I don't want to name drop, I was talking to him yesterday, so he's hes locked and coming on to 360 tomorrow night. So the plan is fully for him to play this week. Um, he right. has a hairline crack in his leg, so it's, it is a broken leg. Um, he played out the game on Friday night. Um, he was, he unfortunately wasn't really able to get through at all. So, um, you know, his, his impact was minimal, but... Um, they say that there's no more damage that he can actually do to, to what he's done, so they'll just keep playing him. So it does okay. seem crazy, but he, the intention is to play him through. Tell you one thing, Timmy. Jared uh, said earlier, the headlines didn't last too long over the weekend. Uh, Friday morning we were talking about the goal review and Dustin Martin and the video from 2017. Well, by the time we got to Saturday morning, that was all done and dusted and forgotten about. Uh, I tell you what, that score review is still... Uh, a hot topic and it's still a bloody mess it's the AFL's mess so um, I, I won't say that that's that's gone for good um, I think the Dusty Martin everyone wanted that story to disappear and it sort of has thankfully um, but now it's you know when clubs bow out you, you guys know the, the cycle is that the stories will now be what happens next um, at, at Richmond what happens next to the Bulldogs and they're both big stories like especially Richmond that you know Shane Edwards we know retires Kane Lambert's already retired what happens with Jack Rewalt Trent Cotchin Trent Cotchin the triple premiership captain like, he still doesn't have a contract for next year Rewalt one of the all time great forwards in the game's history doesn't have a contract for next year where is that club at um, who are they chasing how much money is left in their, in their salary cap will Dusty definitely be there next year are there any suitors for him so plenty for Damien Hardwick to mull over. And, and then the same with the Dogs. That they've got the likes of Josh Dunkley, Josh Dunkley, Jason Johannes and the Norm Smith medalist. They both look like they're out of the place. So, um, yeah, football clubs move on so quickly. And, and that's for, for those clubs to, to mull over the next 48 hours before their players all go on leave by Wednesday. Brendan Gale, is he still a chance to be uh, Gil McLaughlin's successor, do you think? Or is it going to come internally? Oh, I would love... I would, and I think there's plenty in AFL would love Brendan Gale to be the next CEO, and he's ticked every box. Like you know, as a former champion player, uh, as a the, he ran the, the Players Association, he, he's run a football club at its worst when he took over Richmond and made an absolute powerhouse, a triple premiership powerhouse. I think he's ticked all the boxes and would be a great leader. He's awesome with the media as well. Um, but I think there's enough people that are against him that, that he. I just don't think he will get that job, especially. And then Richmond needs him. Peggy O'Neill, the president, is leaving as well. But I think they need a steady hand like Benny Gale to stay there as the CEO. So I don't think he will get the AFL gig. 
to answer your question, I would love him to. Um, yeah, but, he, but he, Benny Gull has plenty on his plate at, at Richmond right now. And who do we have on AFL 360 tonight? Oh, we've got a couple of losers. So this is not ideal. But uh, Damien Hardwick committed last week, uh, win or lose. I think he thought they were going to win and they'd mm. still be alive. So, so yeah, the punters. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure he's going to be a happy coach, um, but Damien Hardwick is there. As I just said, there's so much for, for Richmond to talk about. And, and Simon Goodwin. Um, so Damien Hardwick and Simon Goodwin. So Goodwin has to turn that team around. Uh, he'll be fascinating on the Petraka injury. Um, yeah, so um, probably not too many laughs, but uh, plenty to, to talk about with Goodwin and Hardwick. This <laughs> too evening. many laughs. Good on you, if Jimmy. Jared, if you've got some bad gags, send them through today and we'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll have plenty of them. Jimmy, we'll chat to you later in the week, mate. Thank you for yeah. your time this morning. Anytime, guys.